Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Sunfire Tavern podcast. You can follow us on Sunfire Tavern at, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we upload to Spotify and SoundCloud every week. Uh, we're also on iTunes as well, so you can follow us there. And this week we're joined by, uh, we're Bjorn, we're joined, <laughs> we're joined by Bjorn, a very special guest, uh, a friend of mine that used to work with me at Blizzard. Bjorn, nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you too. And I say nice to meet you, but we've met obviously before. <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you're nervous um, yeah, because I'm yeah. here, so. It's well, that's right, oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, and then we've got Ollie as well. Ollie's here. Hello, it's Ollie. It is Ollie. Uh, and this week, the, the, the kind of subject we're focusing around is playing together and playing responsibly. Um, so, first off, we'll kick off uh, by uh, Bjorn, if you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell everyone a little bit about who you are. Well, I am the handsome Bjorn who made you very nervous at the start of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm an avid Minecraft player uh, whose life has been highly impacted by World of Warcraft. And uh, I'm surprised that you invite me to talk about playing responsibly. Well, we can talk about playing irresponsibly um, and they kind of go hand in hand or things not to do when playing responsibly. But it's always good to hear from people that have been in the industry, have had some experience, kind of older gamers as well that are kind of moving on to the next part of their life now and still maintaining gaming. Um, so I guess we can start with what we've been playing this week. And uh, usually I ask everyone else what they've been playing first, but I'm going to be greedy and go with myself. Yes, um, go ahead. So to start with, I've actually been playing a ton of Heroes of the Storm. Uh, I'm oh, slowly climbing in uh, Storm League and playing with some old friends, and we're kind of having a blast, like it's gotten really fun again. Uh, I've also been playing... So I, I downloaded a load of stuff from the Game Pass, which actually is something that Bjorn constantly sells to me. Um, and I played a little bit of Grounded, which is this four-player co-op game, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, I've played... What else did I play this week? Some pinball game that was also on the Game Pass, and... Uh, what else did I play? Smash Brothers. A lot of Smash Brothers as well. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, Smash, I have kind of little resurgences. And I had a friend over the other night, and we just kind of sat and played Smash till like, that sounds really weird. We just played Smash Brothers until 11 o'clock. <laughs> had a friend over, and we just smashed. We yeah. just smashed all night. It was great. Smashed yeah, until yeah. the early hours of the morning, and then we had breakfast. Hell. Um, so, Ollie, what have you been playing? Um, I have been continuing to go through uh, Okami uh, on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly going through that. Yeah, it's been very good. Still enjoyable. It's very funny as well. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, the usual League of Legends, of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess that's mostly it. I've been watching a lot. Uh, I started watching a lot of shows actually instead. Like, you know, we talked last week about the Umbrella Academy and. Um... We did, but I'm sorry. This section is called What We've Been Playing. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. What have you been no, I've been watching. I started watching uh, Umbrella Academy, um, so I'm like a few episodes into that now. Is that so, season, season two? Season one. Oh, season okay. one. So yeah, start from very from from fresh. But yeah, it's been enjoyable so far. I think I had a bit of a slow start, but it's starting to pick up. Yeah, so, I I didn't maintain after the slow start. I kind of got bored of it, but I really need to go back and kind of watch the whole thing because mm-hmm. season two looks amazing. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it's very good, so that's why I'm sticking sticking to my guns. But yeah, cool. Uh, right, Bjorn, what have you been playing this week? Um, I'm going to extend the question to the last three to four weeks because I've been busy uh, with work stuff uh, last week and I've actually made a list. And uh, it's funny because you mentioned the the Game Pass already and um, most of these games are actually in the Game Pass. Um, So I'm not making advertisement here for Xbox, but it's just uh, something I noticed. But if anyone from Microsoft is listening and they do want to pay us, we happily accept money. It's great. We love money. Money, money, money. I've actually been gone to uh, back to uh, a few not not older well they are older because they have been released last year or the year before yeah 
um, but I've kind of reactivated oxygen not included. Ah, it's oh, just yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird system where you land on a planet and you have kind of a human, and you need to do. So you kind of start a, a colony, but you need to be careful of accepting new uh, humans because they need oxygen, and oxygen is a, a rarity on the planet, so you have to produce it somehow, and you know manage water and you know yeah, yeah. where to go with your feces and whatever. Mm. It's uh, it's. It's you may call it a piss pipe simulator, but it, it's really <laughs> nice. Uh, so it's a really nice, relaxing game where you can just, you know, relax, sit in front of your PC, listen to some music, and chill. Mm. Um, and then I think the opposite of that is Rage Two. Oh wow! Kind of a, <laughs> in the name, right? To to Rage. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a game I paused because of Borderlands Three, but um, because yeah, I've been disappointed by this. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a game that you pause to play for too long because it wasn't very good. So yeah, so I come back to to those two, and um, um, one of my favorite games on the or second favorite game on the Xbox Xbox Game Pass is A Plague's Tale: Innocent. Oh, oh I've just downloaded that actually, but I haven't started that yet because I'm worried I'm really going to get into it and then run out of time to that, breathe and do life and stuff. That's the one with the rats, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you play as a um, little girl, and um, you can also sort of control her smaller brother. Hmm. And you have to solve puzzles, stay in the light, so the rats won't attack you. Um, it's kind of a stealthy game, you know. You throw uh, you throw a rock and distract a guard. Yeah, like, like like a basic sort of like the, the tutorial section to to Assassin's Creed kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so uh, myself and Bjorn have actually been playing a bit of Sea of Thieves this week as well. Um, that game just continually pulls us back in. We actually picked it back up uh, in the middle of lockdown. Um, and it's it's just, you sort of, every now and again, you get these moments where like the sun's rising over the ocean and you've got the water kind of sloshing around and stuff. And you just feel like you've been kind of transported away from what you're doing for a little bit. Um, and then you get someone that attacks you and tries to sink your ship. And then you go into this ragey pirate mode for a, a good couple of hours. Um, but we've been playing that as well, so that's been really, really fun. Um, cool. So I guess that's what we've been playing. So uh, the first topic today is life after the games industry. And it's something that we touch on every now and again when, we're, um, when we have guests on, because a lot of the guests have either been in the industry or have left and moved on. Uh, and Bjorn actually worked for uh, Blizzard for quite a long time uh, and has now moved on to do something else. And maybe you want to talk a, bit, a little bit about that, Bjorn? Yeah, so um, it was 10, 11 years ago where I decided to, to move into the industry and started working for, for Blizzard as a, you know, we do this for a year and see how it goes. Um, turns out it was a little longer than this. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe one and zero years. Um, <laughs> so yeah, slightly extended that, um, that stay. Uh, but it was great, um, you know, Great uh, experience in the games industry in a different uh, country, um, so that was that was exciting. Um, but yeah, then there was the time in my life where where I wanted to move on, and um, I didn't have a very game specific role. So I was in the I was in learning and development, uh, so we're one of the HR functions, uh, which is kind of you know generic, and um, you, you could find a place in in other um, industries. And that was a good offer. Uh, moved back to Germany, and uh, yeah, found found a new calling there. And how have you found since kind of stepping out of the the exciting world of of Blizzard? 
how have you found kind of readjusting to the the real world um it's so the the real world <laughs> um well, you know not azeroth <laughs> yeah not Azeroth. Yeah. it's obviously i mean um you know the games industry is is very exciting in one way there's there's always events um you know even thinking about gamescom yeah game launches you know you're so connected to new platforms that that come out you know thinking about you know next gen consoles streaming services whatnot um obviously i'm kind of missing this firsthand a little bit but obviously as a gamer i'm still experiencing that but yeah not from the not from the business side um i'd say it's the business side excites me as well from the real world, um, but in a different way. Um, one, one thing that is that really strikes me is things that in the gaming industry are super normal. Uh, if you think about like social media, community engagement, and all of those things, um, voice chats, right? Um, talking on Discord, um, meeting people online, and it, it was sort of a a weird uh, feeling where you realize that not everyone was used to this. Yeah. And um, yeah, when we talk about digitalization and kind of tech in uh, tech evolving in the workplace, um, there was definitely sort of like a, a I don't want to say cold shock, shock, but close to that. So it was um, a reality check. Well, um, I, I sort of know that because um, I've seen very similar myself recently. Um, I mean, I'm still working in the game industry, so it's kind of a different experience for me. But um, we, we're currently working with a couple of third parties who are not connected at all to video games or tech in any way. And like even something as simple as setting up a video chat, is it, to us, it's just clicking a link and we're in and we're done and we're okay, we're ready to go. To them, there's like half an hour to an hour of like confusion uh, no one quite knows what's going on. No one knows how to join. People keep dropping out and stuff. And and I do forget sometimes that that as you work in the industry or in or in any part of the tech industry, to be honest, you sort of get ingrained all of these skills that you don't realize that you're building on. And something as simple as starting a video chat is something that other people would see as a skill. So yeah, mm. I sort of yeah. get that idea. Like it's strange. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we recently we had Erin on as well, who moved on from uh, working in the industry to becoming. Um, uh, I can't think of the title of what she did. Genealogist. Genealogist. Thank you. I was like hereditologist, but that's not a word. Uh, a genealogist. <laughs> Redditologist. Uh, no, her not a Redditologist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's got a degree in Reddit. Erin, if you can listen to this right now, congratulations on your Reddit degree. We're so proud of you. Here at the Sunfire Tavern, we all support uh, Reddit degrees. Um, but yeah, so she's had a really successful kind of leap out. But a couple of people that I do know have not had such a successful ride. Like they've kind of rolled out and and sort of like been spattered out into the gutter almost, like oh, not Jesus. really knowing where to go and not really knowing how to reconnect or re-engage with life. Um, mm. So it's something that I do think that the games industry needs to address because it's all great and lovely when you're like new to it and everything's bright and shiny. Like like Ollie, you're particularly I, mean, I wouldn't say you're new to it, but you're a lot newer to it than say we are. Oh yeah, young yeah, definitely. And you, you've been. Your first job, four years, yeah. Yeah, and to to have this as your first job, that's nuts. Yes, like I know, it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, yeah. and I I imagine like so uh, talking again about Blizzard for a moment. Um, to have being a game master at Blizzard as your first job is probably one of the most damaging things you could ever have happen to you because that is not reality. Like you, you mm. go into this heavily protected, very comfortable, very easy environment where you just sort of talk to people about video games all day and then go home and play video games and, and you don't really have to worry about anything. 
But a lot of people I know that have kind of stepped out of that job or, you know, they've, they've left or through other whatever circumstances happened, they had to leave. Um, they've not readjusted to real life very well, which is, which is a bit sad. And it is something I think the games industry needs to address that some people that come into this industry and get kind of spat out are not well looked after. They're just kind of left where they are, which is a shame. Um, I don't know if, uh, if Bjorn or even yourself, Ollie, have kind of experienced any kind of anything close to that. I um I, I agree that obviously this is I would say like a fancy role, a fancy job uh, you would have, and this as your first job could be difficult because it sets the wrong life expectations. Exactly. Like my my first job was delivering washing machines, um, which is which, the same yeah. as being a World of Warcraft game master in many ways. Yeah, same <laughs> same level, you know, yeah. uh, same level of excitement. Yeah, same um, thing. It's the same. There's no difference. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, so I think that that set uh, a really low bar uh, for me. It's something I never want to do in my life again. Um, yeah, same. Which which was a big uh, motivator for me uh, mm. to to try something new. To because I think that's 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 one of the things, right? I mean, you can learn stuff, you can develop the, um, yourself, but actually taking a risk, taking may, maybe sometimes a leap of faith uh, to kind of uh, catapult your career. Um, forwards. It's terrifying. I think that mm. it's terrifying, but mm. yeah, it's also something that is worthwhile taking. Um, obviously, at certain certain times of your life, you know, if you let's say um, your wife just just uh, you know had a baby and you bought a house, then maybe not a right time to do that. Um, Wait, I've got a wife. <laughs> what has been happening? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> tell us about it. Um, <laughs> One day that was it. Suddenly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just a very, just very a bad, drunk <laughs> a Tinder experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think um, that's one thing you need to take a risk. Um, but also having people around you that support that obviously makes it much, much easier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, Ollie, as well, a question for you here. Like when you were younger, so if we're talking back to like your early teens here, sure, uh, which, yeah. which was about two years ago, so. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. <no. laughs> God. <laughs> um, no. So when you were in your early teens, did you have things like paper rounds and stuff? Were they still common? Because I know that newspapers are not really as big as they were when I was young. Did Did you do no. a paper round? No. 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 Like, what, what was your like... What was your like first job? What did you do first before uh, coming out into the big world? Um, my my current job. Really? I mean, I did like, work. I did. I did like work experience and stuff like that. So, like you know, working in an office for a week, or you know, just being like a receptionist in an office for a week. Or, uh, that, that, you know, that, like... that counts. That's the same thing. Okay. And I'm talking yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, did you do like car washing and stuff and that kind of thing? Mm, not really, to be honest. Wow. I mean, I'm, I come from a different yeah. era. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I don't think I, it's maybe just you know my upbringing versus you know like, I know that there were definitely other friends I had or you know uh, who would do you know part time jobs and stuff as they were growing up and stuff like that. So. It's not like that. That concept is was alien at that time. It's just you know, just my upbringing, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I guess um, you know, my current job in the games industry is my real, my first proper like real employment, right? That I got out of an internship. So, um, oh, I mean, I can say that there is very few other jobs that reflect anything that you're doing right now. Oh, I'm 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 so fully few. aware of that. So yeah, few. I'm fully, <laughs> like you know, I'm. I'm talk to all my university friends and other people that i know from like secondary school and stuff like that and you know we share job stories and they're just like you don't understand how good you've got it sort yeah. of thing right you know like it is it is very much like a fairy tale sort of environment fairy tale kind of uh, yeah of course it is and, and I, thing, right? so i think back to where i was maybe 15 15 or something years ago and i was working in a cinema um mm. 
I was working for, I, I was doing the IT support for KFC. Um, so like I was doing these little like bit jobs. I'm not belittling these jobs at all because the job's a job. But oh, of course, yeah. I never saw myself as kind of suddenly getting this leg up into an industry that moves as quickly as this one does. And then suddenly moving from being like a customer support agent to like a marketing manager and then digital marketing and then blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly now I'm here at like the, in, in the middle of one of the biggest mobile companies on the planet, like yeah. doing all this really cool stuff with all these really cool people. And like, I, I, it's weird just to think that this all started because of a drunken night raiding in WoW. <laughs> <laughs> which i played with four other people and speaking of four other people the next subject is uh four oh, player wow. car uh, these segues are getting worse like i'm awful at kind of connecting through i think um, that was better than last week's i know last week's but... was terrible i can't remember what it was but it was awful wasn't it like it was like it was barely a segue yeah. yeah it was barely a segue um, but so um a big topic at the moment is that the marvel avengers game went into beta this weekend uh, this game ah, was yes. revealed uh, a year or so ago at E3. It might be two years. I'm, I'm, like, time has no meaning anymore because of COVID. Um, but I think it was like a year or two ago when it was revealed. And the trailer for it was uh, so disappointing. It just looks so boring and so average. Uh, and yet now having played it, I can say quite enjoyed it. Like It was fun. Really? Yeah, it's a bit clunky. It's It's just Destiny with Marvel heroes in it. Um, okay. But it's fun. It's a good game, and <laughs> and it's one of those things where I'm starting to hope that we see more four-player co-op games. Like if you remember Left 4 Dead, um, yes. and those kind Love of things. That, that was a golden age of gaming. Um, mm. And like like I said, like myself and Bjorn have been playing Sea of Thieves, which is also four-player, but we say it play it in a, a group of three. In fact, to talk on Bjorn for a second, uh, he's also our dungeon master for for D and D, and he oh, we, we've been we've been doing like a really kind of like rule breaking version of D and D where we don't strictly follow everything because we're all new to it. And, and Bjorn's like not had much experience as a DM. Is that true? Uh, Bjorn? Yeah. That's yeah. my second round of DMing. Yeah. yeah. So he's been quite lenient with some of the rules that we've had. Uh, and a few weeks ago while we were, we, we, um, we were at a port and uh, we needed to get a ship. So we hired this ship and we had to get into the sea as quickly as possible because we'd be in attack. So we dived on, scrubbed on and got out to sea. And then we ended the session. And the next week we, at the end of the session, there was like a Kraken, holding people up mm. in the water. And we were like, oh, this is cool, a Kraken. And the next week, what, what Bjorn had actually done is taken our three characters from Sea of Thieves and, and put them uh, in the Kraken. So the Kraken <laughs> was holding them, and we saved them, and it was literally us. Like, So he had our usernames and stuff. I don't know it's not particularly strict to D&D, but it, it made it mm. really, really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds really, really cute. It was great. Awesome, and because like, yeah. the other person that we're playing with is someone that's new to D&D as well, and a bit of a geek, but not as geeky as maybe myself. Uh, it mm. kind of helped kind of bridge that gap a little bit, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, then on Sunday, we had the traumatic experience. Yeah, we all died. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Everyone died. Yeah. Yeah, Bjorn killed us. Um, but the, I mean, the, this is actually a really good example of, of something that we've been uh, really enjoying is, is we've been playing D&D online. And mm. I'm kind of new to this experience. Like I played a little bit of Warhammer once many years back. Um, and I haven't really had a chance to play it since because I've, you know, I've moved around and whatever and my f friend groups have changed. Uh, but we, we sort of like came together through COVID and realized we've got a lot of free time. We might as well try out this D&D. &D. And Bjorn set up the whole thing through um, Forge and Roll20 and a couple of other websites. Yeah, I've heard about Roll20. That's uh, a lot of my friends who play D&D &D use that a lot. It, yeah. it just takes all the boring parts away. Like, like to me, the pen and paper part is the boring bit. Uh, mm. Which is not a belittlement of being. I know people love that part, but it's just not for me. And it mm. just it turns it into effectively like playing World of Warcraft in the end because we've even got like a hot bar where we can like use spells and things, which is kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. 
and we have That's a live cool. map and you can see us moving around the map and stuff like it's effectively gamified D&D which is already a game but it's video gamified it uh, which is kind of fun I don't know Bjorn yeah, the, if, uh, uh, on, sorry yeah the, the paper bit was the one that was that was killing me when I started and I started D&D three maybe four years ago um, another friend from from Blizzard invited me or I should probably say I invited myself after <laughs> telling him uh, several weeks that I'm interested in joining. Uh, I kind of invited myself. Uh, yeah, he didn't get the hint. Um, so I invited myself, um, joined D&D. And yeah, it's literally you have a sheet of paper and you put in your numbers for your character stats, but then they change. So you have to like cross them out. So, yeah. You know, ugh, it was it was a mess. And then I couldn't read my own handwriting. And yeah. It, it got really confusing. And then when it's your turn, you want to do something, you need to kind of study your character. And it takes, you know, when it takes you to figure out what you want to do 20 minutes, obviously everyone else get bo- gets bored as well. And yeah. this in yeah. turn probably now, uh, annoys yourself and not so great. Yeah. And now everything's online. You just, it calculates everything for you. You don't even need to do a math and it's wonderful. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like it's yeah, it kind of minimizes the like you guys said like the boring monotonous parts of D and D, which is definitely what I had. Like play, I I have had tried a few sessions of D and D, but always been with like groups that are too big. So you know you get into these really awkward situations where it's like you know you're waiting over half an hour to take your turn, and it's like well you know during combat and stuff like that, and it's, just, you, you know, it's always people just kind of like you know just looking at their phones and yeah. stuff like that. That would yeah. suck for me because I'm playing a bard. And mm. most most of my turns are just um, I forgot the name of the ability now. Uh, vicious mockery. Vicious mockery. Yeah, I'm just vicious mockery. Vicious mockery. And I literally just yell a swear word at people, all like that, <laughs> which is fine. But there's not much else I can do because I have this weapon that I can't pronounce, which is the gift of mana nana nana nan or something. <laughs> yeah, close. So, something like that. <laughs> Hurling expletives at random people. Is that, are, you, are you really role-playing? Well, uh, it's Clark, a character you know. that's quite close to my heart. Mm. <laughs> He's also, I see, I see. Uh, while I can't say the name because it would be uh, actually a breach of NDA, um, oh. I'm using my old Game Master's name as his name, so it's kind of weird. Like, cause oh. he's, so he's my, <laughs> my old GM name, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so that's been fun, and we've been playing that. But I don't know if you guys have got any um, like examples of four-player games that you've really enjoyed over the years. Things like The Division, and like again, Left Dead, and, and Dead. Well, you know, going back to Marvel because you you talked about Marvel. I have no clue what the game is. I like I saw the trailer, but I couldn't figure out what the point it's of the game is. Literally so destiny. Said, literally destiny. Right, that so you run out. around, collect loot. Yep. Like a hack and slash. Um. So there's loads of minions everywhere. There's like little like it's, it's like oh now this this computer needs to be stood next to for three minutes for no apparent reason. Go and stand mm. next to it, and you go and stand next to it, and three minutes kick away as like waves come towards you, and you kill the waves. And then it's like now we must get this briefcase really slowly from here to there. I know that you can fly, but walk really slowly because that's the accepted <laughs> mechanic of that stupid thing. Oh, um, it's it, it's it's just a load of that. Like, and then there's a boss that pops up every now and again, and the boss has got like a ridiculous amount of health. Um, but I mean, visually, it's beautiful. Mm. Gameplay-wise, it's not very imaginative. It needs some work. But it is. Oh, excuse me. Oh, it's a long day. Um, it is mm. Square Enix, and they're not very good at iteration. So it it, it it may it will be surprising if it gets much of a an upgrade. But I think it's being developed by Crystal Dynamics. 
Who are the people that made the original Tomb Raider, I think? Hang on, I, I might be I definitely going... know the name. Edos. I know it was Edos, but um, Crystal Dynamics did something as well. Um, yeah. Is it Crystal Dynamics? I'm, I'm going to look on this. Crisis? Oh, uh, oh no, they're, not, they're nothing to do with it. Um, Square Enix announced a partnership with Marvel Entertainment to create multiple video games based on Marvel properties, first which was Avengers which would be developed by Crystal Dynamics and Edos Montreal. There you go. So it is Crystal Dynamics. I was right. Oh, okay. Um, cool. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's 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 about as interesting as people are with Destiny. Like some people love it, some people hate it. it it's yeah. It's it's just a thing. You know, it's it's it I feel like it exists. That's what I, I feel can say like about games it. like yeah, I feel like games like Destiny and maybe this game fits into the same vein as Destiny where it's kind of like, you know, it it's more of like uh a backdrop for you to have a conversation with friends over. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, you know, with, with Destiny, especially uh, at least that was my experience with Destiny 2 with minus the raiding. But like, you know, the, the gameplay is kind of like you, you don't really need to be that focused. You're kind of just there like and just keeping your, your hands just your slowly filling thumbs bars idle. Up. Yeah, yeah, keeping yeah, your yeah. thumbs idle as you're just like having a chat with friends, essentially. Yeah. Like, I, that's I think, what it was. I, much, I think yeah. that's how a lot of games are designed now, though. Like they're mm. sort of the the chat room for you to engage with your mates. Yeah, um, that's sort of how I play World of the War- World of the Warcraft. World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, what is going on in my head today? Like, um, <laughs> no. So uh, we we play World of Warcraft together or Heroes and stuff, and it gets to the point where I don't even. I think I'm automating the gameplay. Yeah, because it's just about conversation at that point. About. Yeah, one of the games you mentioned earlier was was Grounded, uh, which is also yes. on the Xbox Game Pass. Yes. Uh, you know the Xbox Game Pass, um, like and subscribe and uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, um, it, so it's this is a weird game because you're you're shrunk, you're in the in the backyard of someone's place, and you are you know moving around next to ants and spiders and all these kind of uh, garden uh, creatures and you know, in- insects and whatever. Um, but it's interesting. It's it's single player, but you can play together so somebody can join your session. Um, that's an interesting one, but it's it's currently in early access, very sandbox-like. I think the quest, if you like, if you repeat the quests, uh, the storylines, um, you're certainly done in five to ten minutes. No. Oh. Um, but it has it has great potential. I like the sandbox elements. It's an interesting uh, start. Did you ever see yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Ollie? Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It is exactly oh. that. Like it's it's that to a T. Like you is can it? you can see someone has sat down and watched that movie and gone, I'm going to turn exactly that into a video game, and that's exactly <laughs> what they've done. Is it like first person? Like what's their gameplay? Uh, yeah. First person, four player co op. Um, very like open world survival, but you're in a back. Okay. Garden. Cool. Oh, that sounds really fun, actually. And what it's I really like it's, it's it it doesn't tell you anything how the game works. So there's no tutorial, nothing at all. It is oh. like <laughs> Subnautica, Sea of Thieves. You're just in the game and you have to figure it out. You know, back when when we think about gaming on the I don't know uh, Super Nintendo or something like this, yeah. there weren't any tutorials. You just have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was actually something that I remember becoming super popular in gaming when the tutorials started to pop up. And like um, you started to get UI pop-ups that would like lead you to the next quest or uh, markers on your map and stuff. I remember games not having any of that. Like one of the earlier GTAs didn't have any of that, and um, it was amazing. Suddenly, to, everyone was like, "Oh, games are getting too easy now," and it's like, "No, they're just getting more fun because uh, <laughs> these bits aren't fun." <laughs> yeah. Well, the exploration bit I liked, but um, yeah, I would love to have 
kind of a, a choice at the beginning of the game. It's like, hey, are you familiar with video games or are you completely new? And then oh. you have different experiences. Well, yeah. uh, th th there's a counter to that. if you Because uh, I think it was you that told me about Frostpunk. And I started playing it the other night and um, immediately stopped playing it because it doesn't tell you anything. Like It just says, hey, you need to get workers. doesn't tell me how to get workers. I just kept spinning the camera around this big tower and clicking on things and nothing was happening. So I gave it about half an hour. I Googled it and people were like, yeah, just get your workers. And I'm like, the game isn't telling me how to do that. So I just gave up out of frustration and went on something else. Oh, interesting. Um, I, must, I must review this because I think I had a different experience with Frostpunk where actually... At the beginning, I think I had some sort of tutorials, like these in-game pop-ups that pause the game and force you to read, which is like, wow, I don't want to read, I want to play a game. Yeah. Um, so I had this kind of experience, so I'm actually surprised. Maybe I did choose the wrong option. Mm. I think with with games and tutorials, yeah, it's, it's very much a fine line. And the other thing is like what um, Bjorn pointed out, where you have these different audiences right you know where some people are completely new to a game or completely new to, to video games and they don't have any kind of like video game literacy so they kind of like have no idea what they're doing yeah whereas like sometimes you've got these experienced people who are just like feel like the game is basically just like holding their hand mm. essentially mm. And being like you know just telling like very much being like just shut up i want i want to play the video game or they want to figure it out for themselves right because that gives them a sense of achievement and it's definitely a problem i think that's uh and that developers are trying to solve but i don't know yeah it's, it's, it's a hard one because imagine if like you know a game like i don't know if you guys have played dark souls but imagine if a game like dark souls had like you know ui elements that were just telling you where to go and all this other stuff it would kind of like remove the mystery of the game in a way right but maybe making it more accessible in that way would make it more fun for a lot of other people i'm not sure like you know I think it's an interesting question for uh, yeah, indeed, it is. It's yeah. it's cool to see developers kind of go through these phases as well of working out how to kind of reach the next stage of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like we've watched them perfect water effects over the years and hair effects and all that kind of stuff, and they they always go through these phases of like, okay, we need to fix this mechanic now, and it needs to be fixed in all games. So let's mm. dick around until we get it right, and and I like seeing those things kind of iterate and get fixed. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, we could we could move on to uh, another. Oh, subject, which I is... have a good I have a good segue for this no, no, one. Good. Okay, uh, go, go ahead. Uh, We're um, ready for a segue. Here we go. Yeah. Oof. Can I get there? Okay, everyone's ready. Yeah. All uh, guys, ultimate knockout. Yes. Um, yes. This I saw this game and I was like, wow, this is an amazing co-op game. It is probably a lot of fun to play with my friends. So, I texted my friends on WhatsApp. It's like, hey, you know, Fall Guys, and you. Do you want to play this? And they were like, yeah, we, we have this on the PlayStation. Uh, mm. And I don't have a PlayStation or Xbox Game Pass. Um, uh, so <laughs> yeah, it turns out the game is only available on PlayStation and Steam. Um, mm. There you go. That was my segue to the next topic. Which is the oh, impact yeah. of gaming habits on your life and games you prefer to play. Oh no, I thought we were talking ha! about the stores. <laughs> you changed the order. Okay, you got me there. I come back. I come back for another segue. I don't know. Was, was this talking about mobile stores? Uh, about uh, storefronts and platforms. Right. And well, I the... say what, let's hit that one first then. Okay. We could do it in any order. We'll go crazy. We're going to break all the yeah. rules tonight. Um, oh, so yeah, the point was is mobile stores, uh, mobile store mayhem, Fortnite, xCloud, etc. And so, how suddenly we've now got all this stuff going on with uh, Fortnite in the news. Yeah, yeah, so for, so just a quick recap for people who aren't aware. So basically, uh, if you develop an app on one of the app stores, like the Apple App Store 
or the Play Store on Google Play uh, for Android, uh, those companies normally take a cut of all of the purchases you do. So it's, I think it's like 30%. It is 30%, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, 30%. So basically what Fortnite are doing, or Epic rather, are doing, are now trying to, they tried to offer an alternative method of paying that wasn't through the App Store. It was still on iOS, you know, mobile users would basically, they would have an option to pay for the in-game currency using the Apple Store, or they could use Epic's own payment service and get things at a discounted price because they didn't have to give a cut to Apple, essentially. Um, so what this kind of started was Apple uh, obviously going, um, you can't do that, that violates our terms of service, and then essentially blocking Fortnite on iOS. And now what's happened is, is that Epic kind of like did a whole Yu-Gi-Oh! like you've revealed my trap card you know, kind of moment where they, they turned over the trap card. And like, you know, now they've done this whole campaign. They're, they've opened a lawsuit against Apple saying that they have a monopoly over the App Store and that they're now trying to gain support from their user base by running this like 1980 Fortnite campaign, which is to do with, you know, trying to basically be like hashtag free Fortnite. You know, Apple are the bad guys blocking us from, you know, being able to serve the game to our player base and offer you know like a discounted price for all this other stuff um and it's just it's just kind of crazy i just you know that this is happening in the news like i did you know on the 2020 bingo card sheet i did not have um you know corporate warfare down for um august <laughs> and we think we have uh, a lot of things sure. ticked off but yeah my god is it been a year <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's but it's so, pretty so where crazy. we are right now is is not entirely unreflective of where we were 15 years ago in gaming which was when we had the console wars mm. uh, and these, these were a thing of legend like a lot of older gamers and some younger gamers as well will know that uh, sony microsoft and nintendo pitted their audiences against each other in what was effectively open warfare um, so they made it out that like owning uh, a playstation or uh, owning an xbox was th the only thing you could do and you couldn't own the other one and uh, you know everyone that owned the other one was a loser and that the adverts got really like almost like um reflective of how the american elections were like it just suddenly became like mm. a big hate mess mudslinging um, right yeah, yeah and and this sort of feels the same way but it, it's like epic are trying to make out that they're the good guys when they're just as yeah. bad like they're, they're just as bad like, well, well, well. Here's an argument against that, uh, because if you remember um, Fortnite, it was actually Fortnite and Epic uh, never back heard then. Um, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but no, it's um, you know, if if we go back to 2018, um, crossplay wasn't really a thing. Mm. Um, some companies were open to it, uh, like Microsoft, uh, but then on the other hand, Sony were completely against this. And um, it was Fortnite who forced their hands. Yeah. Uh, because Fortnite was released on Xbox, on Switch, PC, mobile, and you could cross-play. There were even marketing campaigns together with Sony and, uh, sorry, with uh, Nintendo and um, Xbox. Yeah. And so ultimately, um, they had to, you know, change their policies and allow cross-play. So this is why this one gets me really exciting. I think Epic are seeing this uh, through. Mm. and will eventually force Apple into a more open um, policies as well. Yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, from a consumer-facing standpoint, what Epic is doing is, in the con is, like, what does benefit the consumer. Like, if they do, you know, if they force Apple's hand to, 
either allow for external payment options through not through the Apple Store, so reducing their cut, or just forcing app, or just like making sure, making Apple kind of be more lenient with the cut that they take. You know, because uh, yeah. for you know to um, compare the Steam Store on PC takes a thirty percent cut for developers as well, and but at the Epic Game Store, also run by Epic, uh, only takes a twelve point five percent cut. So I think Epic are really trying to uh, reduce the amount of uh you know cut that these like bigger companies are taking right and that and i guess in a way benefits the consumer because it means that one developers are getting a bigger share of the money and two it means that they could arguably charge for less uh what they what they uh put on the store at least they have more more resources to make new things which i think is really good the problem the issue i have with the campaign is that it's kind of like they're trying to build this support that they are the good guys in this scenario when it's really just a billion dollar company fighting against another billion dollar company and they're trying to you know kind of engage their user base in a weird like woke way i guess you know with like the lawsuit is fine i think going ahead with that is fine it's just the whole like marketing around it is a bit uh strange for me but um i mean all the power to them if they if they manage to win against apple but um at least they weren't yeah we know they weren't but <laughs> we'll see well, you know. i think they're in a good position because they they also have microsoft on their side and um potentially even google um because stadia and the x cloud i think it's called yeah, yeah x cloud for xbox yeah the streaming services neither of them are available on the apple store either because of a policy that i think the short version is um because they can't review the games therefore they cannot allow the streaming service but they can allow you to connect to a virtual machine so to run windows so where you can do whatever right, right. Um, yeah. that is that's weird um, and same goes for amazon prime and netflix um because the movies they can't review either mm. so yeah i think like if the if the three team up um they could make a good case it's yeah. inter- it's interesting, but we are definitely in the in, in in a time right now where it is just big corporations fighting big corporations. Like gaming doesn't feel very personal anymore. It doesn't feel like a a localized event. Like everything has to be connected to a billion different things, and there has to be like product placement. And I mean, I'm part of my job is doing this as well. Like I'm 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 not exactly trying to exempt myself from this, but it definitely feels like gaming is nowhere near what it was ten or fifteen years ago. Like it's not. I don't even think it's a reflection of what it was. It's, it's a completely different thing now. Yeah, I think it's just the nature of like you know technology popular, evolving popular and <laughs> pop, yeah, po- yeah, popularity, yeah. like technology evolving, like you know, and just internet inter, uh, interconnectivity from everyone, right? You know, like everyone has a mobile phone now. Everyone has yep. games everywhere. You know, like I think it's just that's kind of just been the weird Ooh. natural progression is where we are even, even myself like i remember when um in fact if, if we go back i want to say seven or eight years when we were told that uh king and blizzard were going to merge into activision we were like mm. king like we don't do mobile games is that that candy crush thing like like none of us were interested because at the time we we had no interest in mobile gaming because we lived in a mm. bubble as soon as we stepped outside that bubble and and i actually tried out these games i was like these are actually kind of fun like i like these I'm not mm. going to play them myself because I don't think they're aimed at my, you know, my my demographic. But mm. I can see why people love them. Um, yeah. And it's this whole thing of like sometimes you do have to kind of step outside your comfort zone and understand that gaming isn't just about what you like; it's about what everyone likes. Yeah, exactly. So and, there's something for everyone, right? Yeah, there definitely is. And I like the fact that the gaming industry has so much choice and diversity now. I am a little mm. bit worried about where it's going to be in ten years, though. 
<laughs> like I think it's going to be a pretty terrifying space in about ten years. Like, I, I think it's going to go kind of like Orwellian. <laughs> you um you mentioned corporate corporations fighting each other. There was actually um a heartwarming moment in an advertisement um that was that uh, that I saw for Grounded, the game we just talked about. Yeah. And it goes like this. It's like, do you do you want to play the biggest game ever? Then wait for Cyberpunk. <laughs> so they're actually making <laughs> making advertisement for another game in their game advertisement. And this was so nice. And this is um developer Obsidian Entertainment from Grounded. So mm. they do Grounded. And then CD Project Greg from Cyberpunk. So I don't think there's any connection between the two. Um like at least not from a business perspective. Probably some people know each other and like each other, but hmm. apart from this, I think that, that was that was a really nice move. It's nice to see such like this, uh, things like this. Yeah, like we are seeing a lot of like crossovers and stuff like that now, which is pretty cool. Like I know um, uh, Four Guys. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Um, Four Guys kind of has a lot of crossovers with a lot of different games. Uh, you know, like I guess they're all under the Devolver umbrella, but you know, you've even seen on Twitter the social the Twitter account for four guys was tweeting at you know the Witcher and at Cyberpunk, mm. and they were like sort of talking about like, oh, let's do a crossover kind of thing, you know, get some Cyberpunk uh outfits and Witcher outfits into um four guys and stuff like that. So I, I think that's kind of cool when that when that, when those kind of crossovers happen with uh games and stuff like that, you know, like Smash Bros, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for example, yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Um, but I, mean, I guess from that one, we could then move into the other the topic, which is the impact of gaming habits on your life and games that you prefer to play. Because, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can speak for hours on this, and I won't, but I could, uh, on how gaming has impacted my life. Because from start to finish, I've been involved in video games in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Uh, like, if you go back to when I was very, very young, back this is back when Final Fantasy VII was new, um, I remember I played that with my cousin while my parents were going through a rough patch and I just wanted to get out of the house so I picked a game to kind of go and escape into and I shared it with my cousin who wasn't a gamer we played it and I remember we um, like he started telling his mates at school because he was a popular kid at school and I was some like middle ground nerd um, and he told some of his mates the story to the game and, and at the first they were like taking the mick out of us and like oh you pair of nerds and whatever and it got to the point where we were coming into school every day and they were waiting in our form room to hear what was going on they actually wanted to hear the next part of the story. And these yeah. are like football players. These are uh, like, you know, the jocks of the school, like the, the people that usually are the assholes. And they were still assholes, but they were like sitting, waiting for us to tell them about this game. And that was so cool. Um, and it, it was kind of at that point where I started to see that gaming wasn't just this waste of time that everyone was making mm. it out to be. It was actually something that, that touched people. Like it reached out to people. It does stuff. Um, and I don't know if you guys have got like examples or experiences of things in gaming where they've like crossed the barrier into reality or they've in fact impacted your life or whatever. Uh, I mean, go ahead. I could talk for hours on this. <laughs> well, for, for World of Warcraft suddenly, right? Because I you know, started working for Blizzard. But um, I think also the other way around where um, depending on where you are with your life and, you know, you know whether, you're not, whether you're stressed at work or if you go in some, some rough times or everything is going great, I think that um, has a huge impact on the games I choose to play. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you I know, earlier I mentioned oxygen not included. Relax, sit down, quiet game, you know, to calm, calm down. And then on the other hand is rage where, yeah, I want a bit more action focus. Um, 
or even like stuff like Diablo or Heroes of the Storm. I mean, if I'm if I'm stressed at work, God, Heroes of the Storm is the last thing I want to play. <laughs> I, do, I do come out of that more angry than happy most of the time. Yeah, uh, it's but it's a frustrating game to play. Uh, but I mean, you play League of Legends, so you probably get the same experience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But then, so you've got other things as well, like um, so a game that devoured about four years of my life, which is actually what got me into Warcraft, uh, was Final Fantasy XI. Uh, and this mm. is while I was at university, I actually went on a date with a guy um, that I met. Um, was it through an app? Was it? Was, was there even apps back then? I can't remember. We met no. somehow, and I went to meet him in his uni room, and we were just gonna have like a drink together and have a chat and whatever. And he was playing the card game from Final Fantasy VIII, uh, yeah. and I was like, "What the uh-huh. hell is that?" And he said, oh, it's this free thing that comes with uh, this MMO that was... uh, And I hated the idea of MMOs. Like, the idea of one did not work with me. So I was like, oh, cool, okay. Um, I'm going to buy this because I really like the card game. I bought the card game, and then I was like, oh, it comes with the free month of the Final Fantasy game as well. I'll give that a try. And I very quickly went from being one of the most uh, attentive, like, hyper students you'd ever known to just this absolute lump of nothing. Like I was just spending like like eighteen to twenty hours a day playing Final Fantasy. I got so addicted, nearly lost my degree, like nearly got kicked out of uni, um, lost touch with a load of my friends and stuff. It got really bad. Uh, and then in the third year, I started playing Warcraft. Like didn't tell anyone I was playing it. So I was like, I've quit Final Fantasy. I'm coming back, and I was actually playing World of Warcraft. Um, and then after uni, I didn't really do anything with my degree. I kind of fell into nothing, um, and I was raiding every night, which is actually how I accidentally came across the job. Mm. Um, but that to me is something where even though it had a massive negative impact because usually the end of that story is not a good one like people mm. end up getting addicted and they you know they, they, their life kind of falls down the toilet but it's cool to see that people such as myself and such as many other people have turned games into a positive influence in their life and now I know how to game responsibly like I like to play with friends it's become a really good social experience like I've actually made a ton of friends through video games now and we, we maintain our friendships by like every now and again someone will message me at like 10 o'clock at night and say hey do you fancy a round of Overwatch and it's someone that I used to work with and now they live in California or something it's cool. Like I, I like that. That's where gaming is now. Um, I don't know if you guys have got any parts of this you want to kind of talk on as well. I mean, yeah. Like I mean, games have been a part of my life since I was basically born. Like as in, like I was kind of as I was growing up. Uh, my dad used to play this really old game called Descent on a PC. It's like a very, 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 very old now. But I used to just sit on his lap and watch him play. As, as he would just fly the spaceship around and shoot things and stuff like that like uh, and it kind of you know and then i remember the first time my cousin kind of introduced me to unreal tournament on pc and the first time i played a pc game and you know had had this experience of kind of like he used to just i mean i probably shouldn't have been playing unreal tournament when i was like six or no, something, i was, I was but, you know, gonna bring that point up <laughs> yeah, yeah i probably shouldn't have but, but you know whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he yeah he um he used to Placed me basically at the top of this uh, on the of this map called Phobos, which is a giant space station. And at the top, there's a na- massive sniper tower. And he used to just put me there, and then just give me control of the mouse and let me like just shoot at the bots and snipe them. And I remember one time he was like, "Oh, I had to go to the toilet," and he ran away. And then I got sniped or something. And then I was like, "Oh no, now I need to learn how to move the character." And then you know that was my first time ever basically touching the WASD keys on a keyboard kind of thing. <laughs> and then obviously from that point, I just became like a avid PC gamer. But but you know, I guess gaming's kind of been part of my life, and it's kind of been the way that I've socialized with people. Like I was the kid at school who used to like uh, 
hand out copies of Starcraft Brood War and CDs to like get my <laughs> friends to play play together, right? You know, legally distributing copied games across the playground. Yeah, exactly. I was a uh, I was a pirate at yeah. the age of like ripe old age of like nine well, or something. Actually, like saying that, we used to have right. like a almost like a currency of the the CD ROMs that came on the front of cereal boxes. Yeah. So like you would get like uh, Kellogg's did this uh, promotion of like eight different CD ROMs and they had like four games on them and we would mm. trade them in the playground. But if the dinner ladies caught you trading <laughs> video games, they'd confiscate them. <laughs> She's sort of like, hey, hey, do you eat crunchy nut cornflakes? Well, if you don't, come over here because I've got that one. And like you'd, like, <laughs> trade, you'd, you'd, you'd have people like, yeah, I'm a cornflakes man. Like, get over here. We need the cornflakes one. <laughs> Uh, this, so it was a whole different it was like the panini stickers like the panini stickers were like cigarettes in prison if you oh had like God. if you had like a popular footballer and i could not name a, i mean ryan Giggs, i think he's the only footballer i could name and I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he's played football for about a thousand years yeah um, but if you had like specific cards that were shinies and i had loads of them you were like the shit at school like because you could get whatever mm. you wanted you could get the best chocolate bubbles in the canteen you could get like the oh best God. seat in the in assembly which is right at the back Damn. Uh, you became like the the lord of school oh um God. but yeah this is something that um i mean because gaming doesn't just include video games it goes across to collectibles and all that kind of stuff as well yeah i was i was thinking about magic the gathering here. yeah that's, uh, that's actually where i was going to get to because i know you play that yeah 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 for me the kind of the game that shaped me in in school was diablo 2 um definitely lost two maybe two and a half years of you know good progress in school um but looking back um, and transferable skills that are actually useful these days. Uh, ten finger typing is something I learned through Diablo 2. Yeah, and demon slaying. And demon slaying, yeah. yeah I mean, but, look at um, this year. We, we've had a lot of unpredictables this year. We, demons are just around the corner. They could be next. Yeah, we don't know. that's next on the bingo card, actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, watch out, September, yeah. demons. You know. But yeah, that's a good point, Bjorn, that um, you, you learn a lot of transferable skills from playing games as well. Mm. And I think yeah. a lot of like, older people don't really understand. So older people that may not have been into gaming, don't really understand that and, and what it's mm. done for me is it, it's gave me a permanent connection to the world because like i don't mm. i don't feel like i'm getting out of touch um maybe i am and i'm just an idiot but i don't feel like i'm kind of losing touch with what's going on in the world and it, a lot of that is because of video games mm. yeah it's mm. it's interesting it's an interesting point yeah. to make okay. um yeah I, t I touched on it in like the earlier the early episodes of the podcast where i feel like fighting game playing like playing fighting games at a competitive level kind of taught me how to learn things in better way, like improved my ability to learn. And I, I wish, I wish I had done it when I was younger. But you know, um, it definitely helps you to see things. Like I apply it in my job all the time. Like when I'm learning something new, like um, or like looking at something in a very specific way. Especially with video, actually, well, even with learning video games, like learning new games, like I look at things in different ways. Like instead of looking at like, oh, what just does, what's the big damage number or whatever, I'm like looking at like. You know what's most efficient here? What's the speed yeah. here? What's the thing that I know? You know how do I get the most out of X, Y, Z? You know, well, it sort of feeds into project management, doesn't it? Because like a video yeah. game teaches you how to take uh, take a, a problem and go, okay, so I need to break it down into these stages now, and that's mm. effectively what project management is. You take a problem, break it down into stages, and you resolve it, you fix it, and that's a skill that I think I've picked up from many many years of gaming and so many side quests in World of Warcraft. <laughs> so many side quests. <laughs> so here's here's a little segue as well, and I think Bjorn will know about this as well. We used to have this thing called Quest Helper, which was uh, yes. so. This is if you, if you uh, I, I don't know how much you played WoW or even if at all, Ollie. I think we've had this conversation a few times. I have sadly never played uh, WoW, but but you on. played MMOs. 
Yeah, I've dabbled, but I I, I know about them. Don't worry. Like I, I, I know what I know what the word means. I read a book. I don't partake personally in the MMO. My mum told me not to do MMOs. Yeah. But we've been doing MMOs for years, and one of the one of the contents with MMOs is complex quest chains. And what happens is, is you're so um, WoW is not really a heavy victim of this. Like I would say, Final Fantasy is a bigger victim, the new one, fourteen, uh, because the whole game is locked behind the storyline. So you can't get to end game in that game until you've completed the full storyline, and that's hundreds of hours of gaming. Whereas WoW, you can kind of blast over it all and ignore it if you want to, and just go straight to end game. But the problem was initially, and this is back in, let me think, uh, Wrath of the Lich King, or maybe up to like Cataclysm. Uh, a lot of the quests were really complicated and it was like, okay, you need to do these 40 quests in order and the game doesn't tell you which ones you've done and which ones you haven't done, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it just left players in this like absolute mess. So a random game master worked with another game master to build this Excel document that was like a, a macro-filled nightmare of every single quest in World of Warcraft. And what we did was we could drop a character into that Excel document and it would show us this like beautiful layout exactly where they were in a quest chain. So what initially would have taken us hours to pick through and work out took us seconds a player would contact us and say hey i'm stuck here can you help me and we're like mm, we're not really supposed to help you with this and then we're just like yeah actually we can help you because we've got the information um and and this is something that world of warcraft is is a constant victim of is the fact that there are just so many quests to clear in that game like yeah. and maybe just to clarify this was um, there were a, a few potential bugs in the game as well and um separating a bug versus i'm just you know uh, not skilled enough to do those quests. Uh, it was hard to distinguish, and this this tool yeah. helped distinguish that. It's like, okay, it, it, yeah, it gave us like a tool to say like you know that you're the problem. <laughs> it's, it's not the game. The game isn't broken. <laughs> you just haven't done this bit of it. Like you haven't read something. Um, mm. But no, that, that's really cool. Like, and a lot of games are built on this system, and it's something that because in the future, at some point, when I finally get off my uh, off my ass and and make the commitment, I would love to start my own like either video game or games company. And but mm. I think you need all of this knowledge before you can even get close to that. So like yeah. you, you need to know all this intricacy to kind of understand how it all works. And I forget sometimes that um, you know myself and you and other people uh, in the office are kind of exposed to this on a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, starting a game, there isn't really anything stopping you to do that right now. I mean, even if you look at some of the tools are amazing, and I'm not even talking about um, Unreal Engine, uh, but even like something like RPG Maker. Yeah, um, it's wonderful. I mean, the, the the stories that you can tell there. Um, yeah, I think there's there's no barrier to get into it. Um, if I if I look back when I was young, um, I I didn't even know where to start. But obviously, internet wasn't wasn't a thing when I started gaming. So yeah, it's a different world now. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm. Like uh, carry on, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say 100%, like, the tool, the tools people have available to them now to make video games is, like, so good. Like, like you said, RPG Maker, um, stuff like Game Maker, Multimedia Fusion. Like there's, the, like, there's so many really big games as well that are made in, like, these, like, really small apps or, like, you know, these things that people would normally go, like, what can you make with this, you know, mm. like, uh, and I think this is it. I think ultimately, you know, to be honest, your ND, this is something that a lot of developers kind of get stuck behind. Like, oh, I have to learn Unreal, or oh, I have to learn Unity, or whatever. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, your end user doesn't really care what engine you're using. They just yeah. care about the game. As long as, and the, if, as, long as the game is fun. Yeah. Exactly, right? As long as the game is fun, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah. Well, it's free those... Game Pass. <laughs> and has a season pass. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those things, though, like, um, 
so the, the the weird thing I never expected to see was games uh, built around uh, games built around designing games. So like Little uh-huh. Big Planet, yeah. um, Dreams, Dreams. Um, yeah. God, there's so, well, I mean RPG Maker. You've already mentioned that one. Mm. Uh, there's there's so many of them out there that are now like games built on building games. And then there was these things like um, God, what was it called? Human Resource Machine. Yeah, which is mm. stunning. That is such a good game, and it is a really good Probably. way to show people how to code. Because it's just a basic introduction to how to code something. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that there are those things out there now. And, and like, if you've played Dreams, that game is, is it's transient. It's, it's amazing. Yes. It's, it looks so good. It's so incredible. Like, I love that game. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of time because we are kind of rampaging towards the one-hour limit. And we've got about four minutes left. Um, okay. Bjorn, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to bring up today or talk about. Are you okay? Do you need to talk? <laughs> Doesn't feel like... Uh... <laughs> You know, maybe it's just a rhetorical question. So I say no, that's it for today. I don't want to make you any more nervous than you are already. <laughs> Bjorn thinks Very I'm in handsome. love with him, but uh, I'm not in love with him. I'm in love with the concept of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's the mystery where we can end today. It's oh, a strange way to end it. Ollie, have you got anything else you want to bring? Uh, you want to talk about today? Nope. So for the user, thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Sunfire Tavern and on Inst- have we start have we started posting on Instagram? Yet? A little bit. I had a go at it and then I broke my phone. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Well, you could uh, have a look at Clark's uh, amazing posts uh, before he broke his phone on Instagram <laughs> at Sunfire Tavern as well. Uh, and you know you, you can always listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes under Sunfire Tavern. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody, this week. Yeah, so, and um, cheers, cheers for being with us, Bjorn, as well. It's a pleasure to have you. Always welcome back. Um, yeah. I don't know if you I mean, have any social channels that you want to plug while you're here. Um, no, I have a phone number, but I don't really. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one uses phones anymore, Bjorn. You're too old. <laughs> you, you can catch Hanson Bjorn at <laughs> 0771. Yeah. <laughs> Hanson Bjorn at Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's been great. Uh, thank you again, Ollie, for joining us this week. And, and Bjorn, yeah, no uh, thank you so much. And I guess thank you to everyone for listening. Take care. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye.